Today, we are talking about the Booker Prize, what is the Booker Prize, who won the Booker Prize, and all of that stuff that goes with it. I do enjoy reading the books from the Booker Prize. This year, as of recording this, I've only read two so far, but I do plan to read the rest of them because they are all books that seem very interesting. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews about them, so I would love to hear more about them and kind of get my own opinion on them because books are so subjective and it's kind of interesting to see what the judges thought was worthy of the Booker Prize, the long list, the short list, the winner, and what wasn't. I do have opinions on it, but I'm not a Booker Prize judge. I would love to be a Booker Prize judge, but as of right now, I'm not. So my say is kind of nothing against theirs, but I'm a book reviewer and giving unwanted opinions about literature is what I do. And so before we get into the book that won the Booker Prize, which I had already bought one before the Booker Prize was announced. And then when this book won, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna go get it. And then I haven't gotten the other ones yet. One of the books from the long list is on hold at the library for me that I will get. And then I plan to borrow or get the other ones. So before we get into that, what is the Booker Prize? The Booker Prize was formerly known as the Booker Prize for Fiction or the Man Booker Prize. It's a literary award given every year to the best novel written in the English language, which is published in the United Kingdom and Ireland. And this prize started in 1969. There's also the International Booker Prize, which is hosted in the UK, but that's for translated fiction that has been published in the UK and Ireland. And so, Every country has their own awards, but the Booker Prize is one of the big prizes in especially Europe, but but even more importantly in the English speaking world. The Booker Prize holds a lot of weight in international. All big literary awards are held very big internationally, but the Booker Prize is held in high regards in the UK, the British Isles. Booker Prize actually has, oh, YouTube, and there is a video explaining how one wins the Booker Prize. So I will link that, but pretty much publishers have a certain number of books that they're able to send. And from that, they pick the Booker Dozen, which becomes the long list, but it's kind of like a Baker's Dozen. And it's actually tends to be 13 books. Then from that 13, they pick the short list, which is about six books. And then from those six books, they pick a winner. They get hundreds and hundreds of books and these judges need to read all of them, then they pick the long list, and then from the long list they read all those books again and they pick the short list. I think it's something where a Booker Prize judge has to read like 150 books or like 200 books a year just for the Booker Prize. Not even counting other books that they might read for pleasure. And these books are very hard to get through sometimes. They're very in-depth, they're very intense, the language is very I don't know, like the language is hard because these are supposed to be the best of the best. They're not sending books. Of many times, the booker says that it's not usually commercial literature, it's more literary fiction, which, I mean, if you like something, you like something. I don't like that whole, well, this is more prestigious type of literature. Like, I understand the concept behind it, but like, don't feel like you have to read the Booker Prize or you have to like the Booker Prize to be a reader. I mean, 
Newsflash, I didn't like the winner of the Booker Prize this year. I hated this book. That doesn't make me any less than a reader compared to someone who absolutely loved it and they understood why it was picked and all this stuff. Again, it's at the end of the day, it's an award and yeah, the award means a lot. But as a reader, it's still up to you at the end of the day whether or not you want to give money to it. Honestly, this is going to look great on my shelf. Like, oh my gosh, she has the Booker Prize book. Like, oh wow. Maybe I'll pick it up again in the future. But looking back at it, I don't think it was $26 worth it. But again, that's my opinion on it. But this other book I read for the Booker Prize that didn't win, I loved it. I thought it was worth every cent. And honestly, maybe in another year or two, I'll go back and annotate it. So it's all, again, up for opinion. So the Booker Prize is not the end-all be-all of whether or not you're a good reader or a good writer, because again, it's all subjective at the end of the day. I know two YouTubers that I watch a lot, Jack Edwards and this other guy who is Gunpowder Fiction Plot. Jack Edwards raved about Prophet Song, the winner of the Booker Prize. Loved it. Could not speak high enough about it. This other guy hated it, ripped it apart, DNF'd it. So see, there's a difference between them. But of the long list, which is 13 books, the books that were picked was A House of Doors, written by Tan Tuan Eng, The Bee Sting, written by Paul Murray, which I've actually heard a lot of good things about, and it's a big book, but I do want to read it. I really do, because everyone I've read it has liked it, and a lot of people thought that this was going to win the Booker Prize. Western Lane by Chetna Marrow. In Ascension by Martin McInnes, Prophet Song by Paul Lynch, which won the Booker Prize, All the Little Bird Hearts by Victoria Lloyd Barlow, Pearl, written by Sienna Hughes, This Other Ian, written by Paul Harding, How to Build a Boat by Elaine Feeney, If I Survive You by Jonathan Escoffrey, Study for Obedience by Sarah Bernstein, Good Old Times by Sebastian Barry, and a Spell of Good Things, written by Aobami Adiayo. So sorry if I mispronounced any of those names. I also want to read a Spell of Good Things. I heard a lot of people were very upset that this did not make the shortlist. And I guess transitioning to what the shortlist was, it was the Beasting, Westerling, Prophet Song, This Other, Eden, If I Survive You, and Study for Obedience. Now, I read... Prophet Song by Paul Lynch. He's an Irish author. This actually counted also for my Read Around the World Challenge doing Ireland. He's written other books before this that have been on the Booker Prize and he has won awards. This is a dystopian novel and it starts with a knock on the door. It's like a dystopian Ireland. I thought it was an interesting concept and I can understand why this book won the Booker Prize. It talks about war, highly surveillanced societies, refugees, what you do when you have to leave or live in fear. So I can understand it's very relevant to what's happening in the world today with war, dictatorships, high surveillance, the idea of is it safer to travel to an unknown land with your children or to stay where you are, what to do when you feel like your government's not helping you. So a lot of relevant topics. And I think this book could have been so good, but the format really messed me up his writing like his diction and his syntax amazing his characters i wanted to like them but i couldn't get into him because of the format of the book and you might be wondering emma what's the format of the book now we've spoken about this i'm sure in episodes i don't like when people don't have quotation marks around their words 
or around their dialogue. Sally Rooney does it, Cormac McCarthy does it, I read a couple of her books that do it. It's just not my cup of tea. This book not only doesn't have quotation marks, but unless there's a time skip, it's all one paragraph. So there's not even a breakup between action, description, and dialogue. It's a very jarring format. I know I have spoken with a lot of friends that have read this book or reviewers that have read this book and a lot of them were saying it's not a very accessible writing style. I know one of my friends, and this doesn't speak for everyone, who has ADHD, she goes, I can't focus on books written in that format. Like I, I can't, like my brain won't let me do that. I've also, one book reviewer that I follow who is autistic was saying, yeah, no, the format really messed me up. Now I don't have ADHD or autism, but even for me, the format really was not something I was vibing with. The The way the book was constructed was just not for me. And I think that really took me out. And a lot of people, a lot of also reviews I was seeing on Goodreads that gave it low scores was also saying the format. So it wasn't even the context of the book. It was how that was presented to people was really throwing people off. And I think everyone was praising like, oh, such an interesting format, such an interesting format. And I get it. It's hard to write a book that's accessible to everyone. But I don't understand why some books write in a format like that. And then people praise it like, oh, it's doing something different. It's just obnoxious to me. Again, I'm not Paul Lynch. I didn't write the Booker Prize. I didn't win the Booker Prize. So like, who, who am I to say something like that? But I don't understand, I guess, as a whole, why literature feels the need to experiment with format what's not experimental literature. Like, for example, House of Leaves, which I have not read yet, but I've seen it. It's experimental literature. It's You go into it knowing it's going to be an odd format. I don't pick up a random dystopian novel expecting it to be a format like that. But I guess it's just it's just my opinion on that. I don't understand why a lot of books go into that. Like Cormac McCarthy and Sally Rooney, award-winning, amazing authors. I don't understand why we can't have quotation marks in it. I don't understand, and I also don't understand why that is praised as something that is so out of the box and so original. But I guess, again, that's just me. But onto the context of the book. The book does have that feeling of the walls closing in on you. It is an anxious book. They... All the Booker Prize shortlist actually had professional actors and actresses act out or recite some of the pros in the Booker Prize live stream, and those were great. Like, the woman that did it, I can't remember her name, but I will link the performance. It was so good, and I was reading the book with her voice in my head because she gave that high stakes, walls are closing in, and that's what a dystopian novel like this should have. I felt that the more stress that the characters were under, I felt the tension, I felt the pressure from the outside world. I felt it a lot more than I do in other dystopian novels, like 1984, which is a lot slower. This one I felt was a tad bit faster, but again, the format took me out of it. There are many times I had to read things over and over and over again. So it was like, was she saying that? Was she thinking it? Was this an action? Like, what is happening? I think this would also be a great book to have as an audiobook I think it would help people a lot more. Like I know I think I would have enjoyed this a lot more as an audiobook. And I'm not one who usually listens to audiobooks. I've been getting into them a little bit more. But I tend to daydream a little bit more when I'm on audiobook. But 
I find that this book might have been so much better as an audiobook because that format would not have thrown me off as much. And I also know a lot of my friends that tried to read this or other book reviewers who I've watched who had struggled with the format just like I did, they also said having an audiobook would be so much better, so much more helpful. Again, at the end of the day, like he won the Booker Prize, I did not. So like, please don't like send this as like a hate train to I also somewhat I don't think I'm also the audience for this book. I also don't really like dystopian novels all that much. I think the only ones that I've really, really vibed with have been the Hunger Games. And some people count Battle Royale as that. There's very few dystopian novels that I really enjoy. It's just not a genre I overly like. It's not what I tend to gravitate towards. I'm not much of the sci-fi dystopian person, but I still want to give it a shot and I still try to go in with an open mind. But I think again, I'm repeating myself, the format really, really messed me up. But again, the prose was beautiful and there was high stakes. They talk a lot about what is happening and all that is happening. And then also kind of like a little bit of the innocence of the children not fully understanding the stress that the parents are under. And there's this one section that stuck out with me and they're talking about rebels and the army and these checkpoints and this high surveillance and she's watching it and it's a very it's on page 201 and the book is only 310 pages or so. So it's right in the middle of the book a little bit past the middle and you could tell the stress that they're under and all this and I think it would have been so much more effective if it was just broken up more because then I think I would have been able to get into that because every time I was like oh wow like the stress like the anxious like I'm feeling anxious oh wait she didn't say that she thought that or no that she was describing something or oh he said something I think that just for me broke it up but let me read this one section to you you can kind of get a sense that the writing is fantastic. It really was. The, the writing was great. Characters, amazing. It was the writing that just did not let me like it as much as I wanted to. They ate the cold lunch of tuna, olive oil, and bread, disbelieving the silence as it continued into the afternoon. The silence growing dense and disquieting. It is the silence that speaks of gathering force. It is the silence that awaits the next round of shelling. The silence of the wolf before the knock on the door of the house made of straw. She tells the children to hush a moment, hearing an engine slow on the street. There are male voices. Nothing can be seen from the front window when she pulls the mattress back. She does not want to go upstairs. The trembling air as she peers through the curtains in her room and sees two unshaven men besides a Nissan pickup truck stopping along a checkpoint. A man in improvised battle fatigue and tan running shoes stands with an assault rifle strapped to his chest. It looks as though he's trying to get a signal on his phone. Another man in t-shirt and jeans and a weapon slung from his shoulder. He lifts a baseball cap to scratch the nape of his neck. A Jack Russell with pointy ears watches from the window across the street. Four weapon men arriving on foot with dust and dirt in their faces, their clothes, a multi-max of civilian dress and army surplus clothing. They begin to pull the checkpoint apart, dragging sandbags by the, by the ears to the side of the road and stacking them. The toothless ex-junkie has returned, offering out cigarettes and lends his hand dismantling barrier he helped build. So this is freedom, she thinks, but her heart cannot free itself. Watching the rebels, she cannot call out her joy. It is not joy, but relief. It is not relief, but something that awakens her deepest fear, the cold she cannot warm away. As the thought that circles every other thought, what if her husband and son do not come home? Watching down upon these men as they stand on the street, lighting cigarettes and trying to get a signal on their phones. She is overcome by loathing, seeing not men, but shadows parading the day born from darkness, seeing how they made an end of death by meeting it with death, 
how quickly the flags had been taken down from the houses. Not a single one remains. In half an hour, the soldiers are gone and the road is cleared and people are stepping out of their houses. Jerry Brennan sweeping his yard while an enormous balding man in a blushing pink t-shirt stands by a poodle with his leg cocked to the tree. I want to go out, Bailey says, seeing a youth passing down the street. I want to go and get ice cream. So the writing is there, and as you're reading it, you get this sense of fear and dread and anxiety and what it's like that, oh, we don't know if we can trust these men. Where's my husband? Where's my son? Where's my friend? Can I go out? Can I not? Why are these people going out? Why can't I? Should I be happy? Should I be relieved? Should I be sad? Should I be frightened? And then the little child asking for ice cream because they don't understand the gravity of the situation. It's a good book. It really is. I just wish the format was there or that audio book as of the time of recording has not been released. May, who knows, maybe by the time this is released, this episode, it will be. I know this book I couldn't even find on shelves until after it was announced for the Booker Prize where Study for Obedience and the Beasting I had seen on shelves. So again, I think the Booker Prize, there was some books that were not published until after the award was announced. So it's just crazy that, or after the long list, the short list was announced. So that's just crazy that people couldn't read the books until after the list was announced. But I guess maybe that adds to some suspense or some, ooh, now I gotta get the book. Do I think the book is worth your time? Yes and no. I think if you see it and the format is really not something you can get into, I would save your money. If you like dystopian, go for it. It's not the book I would normally pick up. I solely picked up this book because it won the Booker Prize. I think a lot of people are going to pick up this book because it won the Booker Prize. And again, how I said earlier that the Booker Prize can only take you so far. Again, it's readers that buy the book. This is a result of the Booker Prize. I feel like I'm rambling now. I'm not making sense. Maybe I'm a little bit hypocritical when I talk about it. I probably wouldn't have picked up this book if it wasn't for the Booker Prize. But just because it won the Booker Prize does not mean I have to like it or that I have to understand it. I think that's really what it's getting from. Because there are some people that are like, I'm stupid because I don't understand it. They won the Booker Prize or I don't like it so I must not be intellectual. That's not true. I didn't like this book. That does not make me any more or less of a reader than someone who raved about the book. It doesn't make you smarter or dumber if you liked it or didn't like it or if you understood and didn't understand it. Some people just don't like books and that's okay. So the Booker Prize is huge. It means a lot. And if you win the Booker Prize, if you get shortlisted or longlisted, you're going to sell more books. You're going to get international attention. But again, that doesn't mean everyone's going to like your book. You're still going to have your critics out there. I also think this book might have taken a lot of people by surprise that it won. Because I know a lot of people were thinking that Beasting was going to win. I know a lot of people. I was watching a live stream. I was like, yeah, Beasting's going to win. And a lot of people or book reviewers that I watch, they're like, yeah, I read the whole long list. Was, a lot of them thought that Beasting was going to win. Or a lot of people thought that Spell of Good Things was going to win. And that didn't even make the short list. But my go to Coda Warren was right. Um, Study and Obedience, that was her pick to win. I've only read two books from the Booker list, of course, Prophet Song, and then the art book I have is Study for Obedience, which will have an episode. I like Study for Obedience a lot better. But again, I'm not a Booker Prize judge. I would love to be a Booker Prize judge. I really would. Uh, to be sit there and pay to read that many books and then be like, my opinion's the best. Uh, that's a dream job right there. But at the end of the day, if you want to read the Booker Prize, go for it. 
If you don't like the Booker Prize, don't make anyone think you're less of a reader. Period. You're still a good reader if you don't like the Booker Prize. And that's coming from someone who did not like the winner of the Booker Prize. But thank you so much for listening. Have you read the Booker Prize books? What are your opinions on them? Who did you think was going to win? Do you agree with the winner? All those questions and more, let me know. Like I wanna talk about it more. I wanna talk about books, all I can. I am excited to see what more the Booker Prize are gonna do. On the Booker Prize website, and there's also a Wikipedia where you can see every book that's ever been longlisted, shortlisted, and winning. And they have some great, absolutely great books on there. Highly recommend checking them out. It seems this year was a little bit of a mixed bag for people. That a lot of people did not think this was as strong as a picking of others' years. But again, that's all opinion and subject to opinion. And we're not the five judges that picked the books. So we can all scream as long as we want, but until we're on that panel, there's nothing much we can do about it. But I did find it interesting that there were so many polls. Three polls. Half of the shortlist was a poll. The Beast thing? Prophet Song. And this other even. Three of six were Pauls. That's wild. They really wanted a Paul to win <laughs> this year, I guess. But anyway, we're, let's wrap up this episode. Thank you so much always for the support. I look forward to seeing you next time. And as always, this has been the Notes from the Library.